Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. John chapter 16, and we are starting a new series across all of our campuses called Life Doesn't Have to Be Scary. All right, there's the scary guy right there um, up on the screen. But life doesn't have to be scary, which kind of plays into this whole um, October our culture that uh, promotes, I would say, kind of this scary season or... Um, some call it spooky season or anything like that, but I don't know if you've noticed yet, but it's becoming more and more popular, it seems like, where you know you can go into a store or some kind of, uh, like maybe even Sam's Club, and walk in, and like in August, they're already promoting Halloween. They're already got things up there, scary things, all kinds of stuff going on, and then it just seems like those things are increasing and increasing, and then even in the neighborhood in which I live, uh, man, people go hardcore. I mean, just to create this, this like, scariness um, when it comes to, to trick-or-treating. And then the other day I was watching TV, um, and within two blocks of advertisements, there were four scary movies that were, that, that were coming out in October because, you know, it's the scary month. It's the month to be scared and to be freaked out and all of that. And then, of course, you've got uh, Carowinds who does, um, what is that, Scarowinds, you know? And here's their theme. Fear is waiting for you. I mean, come on, right? I mean, this is right out there. There you go, right that, right? But, it, but, it, but one of the things that we've, we talked about as a team was the fact that, you know, it, 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 in this culture, it's becoming so much the norm that we don't even bat an eye at it as, as Christians. We just look at it, well, no, that's just what everybody does. That's just what's going on. That's just what's happening. So, you know, we got to kind of, in, in a sense fit that, that, that culture. And even what Corey said, you know, passing out candy. Well, I've got kids that come to my house. I'm not going to be, you know, the guy who's not going to have a light on and say, no, you're terrible. You're bad. Get away. I'm not going to say that. But if I can give them something that maybe attracts their eye or, or at least maybe their parents look and maybe they think, hey, yeah, man, church doesn't have to be scary. Maybe I'll give it a try. Then why not? Right? Because there's so much other junk and stuff out there as it goes. Plus, I was thinking about the fact, too, you know, all of the stuff, it, there's, there's a spiritual thing behind it as well that sometimes we don't pay attention to. Um, there's, you know, all kinds of elements that go on that, that, you know, we might look at, eh, it's really not a big deal. I, I remember growing up as a kid, and um, I had the, this children's pastor who was absolutely told us we were going to hell if we went trick-or-treating. I'll just be honest with you, as a kid, I was like, well, I guess I am, because <laughs> I want candy, man. I mean, come on, let's be real. I was like, all right. And it just like, totally like, turned me off. And so guess what? I went trick-or-treating. I'm okay. I'm not, I, I'm not going to hell. I, 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 man, I, you know. but, but that was like, just like this, this hard, hard line on it. And I was like, man, you know, just as a kid, it was kind of a, you know, like, why, why do you got to be so rough on it? But here, what I'm trying to just kind of get at is the fact that, you know what, sometimes we can look at the world and all that's going on and all the things that we are encountering 
right? You know, there's disease that's been going on in the world. There's famines. There's all these natural disasters. There's, you know, um, the political landscape is all over the map, all kinds of things going on. Um, There's, you know, political divide. There's economic uncertainty. There's just stuff. And you can look at that and say, man, our world is getting so, so kind of scary. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the fact that we could be sick. Or we could, you know, experience um, the stress of just even trying to raise our kids in this culture. Or even our grandkids in this culture. Because there is a lot going on. So you could look at it and say, well, yeah, man, our world is kind of scary, Pastor Scott. And I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say, yeah, no, 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 you're, you're, you're totally wrong. It is a little scary. But here's the thing. We don't have to live in that light. We don't have to live with the fact that, oh my gosh, things are so scary and I just don't know what to do. Well, the reason why we can say that is because we serve a God, right, who has set his love upon us all the time. He never walks away from that love. He he reconciled us, right? He brought us to himself through his son, through Jesus. And so because we have this relationship with him, he has given us these promises that that promise, hey, I will be with you every step of the way. I will be with you. No harm will come to you. No evil thing will come to you. But there will be, he says, tribulations. There will be trials that each one of us are going to have to kind of navigate and walk through. So it doesn't have to to be scary because we have a relationship with God. We can look at every situation that we encounter and say, you know what, who's greater? God or the situation? It should always be in your heart, always should be in your mind, God is greater. He's greater than this. I, I, I can't make heads or tails. I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know what, what's going on. But I know for a fact that God is greater than my situation. He's bigger than that. And we have to be able to just understand that we need to just begin, as we live life each and every day, to, to really grab a hold of that understanding. Because oftentimes what we do is we, we, we panic. Or we get scared or we think, oh my gosh, this is... We don't run to God first. We run to the world a lot of times. We think, oh, okay, you know what? We gotta, we've got to figure it out. We've got to do it all on our own. Sometimes we even try to rely on our own strengths, which really don't match God's strengths at all. But see, we have to be able to press into Him and be able to say, okay, you know what? You're first, like we talked about, you know, He's your good shepherd. He wants to care for you. He wants to lead you into green pastures. He wants to, to, to um, restore your soul. And so we have this, this idea that, you know what, we've got to do it on our own, but we don't. Church does not have to be scary. And so here we have Jesus that has, has provided for us salvation, reconciliation with God. We have his covenant promises that he's made to us. And then one of the key things, too, is to be planted in the house of God. Planted in godly community with people so that you can be encouraged, so that you can be, um, you know, refreshed at times. And so what we want to do is we're going to kind of start this kind of broad scope thing for this series that we're talking about. 
And our title today is just, The World Doesn't Have to Be Scary. The world doesn't have to be scary. So let's look at John 16, where we find Jesus. He just told his disciples, man, that, you know, hey, I am going to go away. I am, I am leaving. I am going to go away. And I got to tell you this, guys, even though I'm leaving, you know, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you. But you know what? You're still going to face persecution and experience tribulation in your life. But he says this, he adds this on, he said, yet, even though all that can occur and happen, which speaks to our life, right? Have you ever had maybe, like if you shared Jesus with someone and they kind of gave you some blowback from it, or maybe even just tribulation, then tribulation doesn't have to be, you know, this, this, this big, huge, monstrous thing, but tribulation just because, man, life's hard. We encounter a lot of different things that, that come, come at us all the time. But he says, you know what? Despite all of that, you can still have joy and you can still have peace. That's that, wow, really? But that's what Jesus said, right? You can have joy and peace because of the finished work of the cross. If you are a believer and you believe that Jesus is Lord of your life, then you should be able to walk into any circumstance, any tribulation, any persecution, anything at all that you face in in your day-to-day life in this world, you should still be able to walk in it in joy. Walk in it in peace. Right? Which, you know, kind of like, wow. But it's so true because that's what Scripture tells us. John 16, verse 33 I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version because I liked it better and it's got a little more stuff to it. But it says this, I have told you these things. Now, this is Jesus talking, okay? This is not Pastor Scott talking, okay? This is Jesus talking. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Now, regular some translations just say that you may have peace. I love that it put perfect because who gives you the peace? Jesus does. And Jesus' peace is always, anything that Jesus gives you is always perfect. Okay? It says, in this world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. Okay? Have anybody ever experienced stress, suffering, anything, all those things, right? Okay. So he's just laying it out there on the line, just letting you know. But he says this, but be courageous. And then it says, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. And then he makes this statement, which is really the statement that we're, that we're going to lean on. It says, I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. So Jesus is saying, you know what? I have overcome whatever this world has to offer. Every single thing that me and you encounter, he, he, he gets, he understands, but he also looks at it and says, I've conquered it. I've already won. And that should be something to where we can look into it and go, oh man, that is so awesome for us as believers. That here I have the God of the universe who has conquered already, overcome every single area of life or whatever this world would throw at me would would already be, um, give me the power to overcome as well. Now, let's look at, at three words in this, this passage, because it really does play an important part to us to understand all of this. 
what he just shared with his disciples. Now, the first word is tribulation, okay? And this, this is a Greek word. It's philippus, right? And, it's, and it means pressing, a pressing together, a pressure that is felt like um, uh, crushing grapes in a press. It's kind of this metaphor, metaphor for being oppressed, afflicted, distressed. One scholar describes it as a situation so difficult that it causes one to feel stressed, squeezed, pressure, or crushed. Have you ever been there before in some way, shape, or form? Just something that is just so just feels like you're being pressed and, and, and it's all the pressure is on, on top of you. And so that word tribulation, again, is probably breaks the church growth code again, but Jesus is really good at that. Because people don't really want to hear about the fact that, you know what, you're going to face tribulation. If you follow Jesus, you're going to see tribulation. You're going to have tribulation. Things don't always seem to be, you know, just beautiful and this beautiful bouquet of flowers and you're, you know, running in the field and it's all great and wonderful. But see, Jesus is saying, you know, no, no, if you're going to follow me, then you know what, you are going to have some tribulations. You are going to have some things that are going to happen. So it's not just a, hey, I get out of, of, of jail card. It's the fact that, no, even in that process, you are going to face some things. But you know what? Part of it is, what I love, is it's so that you can grow. How many want to grow in their relationship with Jesus? I do. And so there are times that I've got to learn how to trust him, how to push into him, how to press into him. Like, Lord, I don't know what to do right now, or I need a touch. I need healing from you right now. I don't know what to do yet. You know what I can do is I can always go to him, and he always has an answer. He always has the direction. Because, again, like we've talked about in the past couple weeks, he's our shepherd, he wants to take care of us. He wants to be able to lead us. So here he's just saying, hey, you know what? You're going to experience tribulation. He's not sugarcoating it. He's not trying to go around it. But it's right there in front of us. It's right there. He taught you will experience tribulation. You will experience and face the pressure, the pressing, what feels like oppression and affliction and distress. This, this is what uh, James and Peter tell us. First James, uh, I'm sorry, James chapter one, verse two. says, my brethren, that would be all of us, right? So it includes everybody. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We're not even talking about joy right now. But he just says, you're gonna find, you're gonna get various trials in your life. But there's an attitude to take in those various trials, which is very tough. And that joy can only come when you are in relationship with him. And I don't mean just, hey, we're, we're passerbyers. Like, hey, what's up, Jesus? And keep on walking. Right? It's very much when we are in relationship with him, we are in fellowship with him, is when, when we get faced with various trials, we can have joy. Because you know what? I've got a God who's got my back. I've got a God who's on my side, and I got a God that's even in front of me, walking with me. Then Peter says this. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you 
as though some strange thing has happened to you. Oh my gosh, why am I going through this? I can't believe I'm going through this, right? I, you know, sometimes I, you know, there's things that, that I, I've said it in my head, right? Maybe even out of my mouth where I've gone through something and I thought, why am I even going through this? I don't understand. I, I thought I was being, you know, good and doing all these things. Yet sometimes, the, again, these trials are about growing your faith, growing your relationship with God. And so he says, again, hey, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you are partaking of Christ's suffering. So all of this affliction and distress, the pressing, right, we are experiencing in this, in this fallen world, really, is, it's because it's been infected, right? It's been infected and affected by the sinful nature of man. Those are some of the th- reasons why we, we experience these things. And we have a real enemy out there, right? The Bible says, Jesus said that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I love that he follows it up, right? He doesn't stop right there. Hey, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to mess with you. He's going to jack with you. He is going to do all of these things. And I'm just throwing my hands up in the air. No, he didn't say that. He said, but I I have come to give you life and that life more abundantly. See that, man, that's, that's the awesomeness of Jesus, right? He just doesn't say, yeah, it's terrible. It's bad. Corey, man, it's just bad, bro. I don't know what to do, bro. I don't know. I'll just put my hands up. No, he says, no, I got the answer. I have given you every opportunity to overcome. I have given you every opportunity to find yourself in me in order to navigate life. And you don't have to worry about it being, you know, oh, I'm so scared of this, or I'm so scared of that. I'm so scared of where we're going. But what we should have is peace. Saying, well, you know what? I don't care if this world goes down the drain. I've got a Savior. I've got a God that I'm in touch with and I love. And He loves me back. And He said He would take care of me. that's, That's how we should be living. Every single day. But man, in him we can have. We can have peace. We can have joy. And this word peace just means a state of tranquility, harmony, um, uh, relief from rage and havoc. So this word just kind of speaks of security and safety. But all of that has been assured by what Jesus did on the cross. So we should not have to walk in anxiety and worry and all of this concern. Yes, it is before us. We can see it. But that doesn't mean that we can't have peace in it. That doesn't mean that we can not walk in joy. Because you, know, you can't say, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's not even there anymore. That, 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 I don't even see that anymore. Yeah, it's staring you right in the face. But you, but you can walk in the fact that, yeah, I see that. I understand that. Yeah, man, my checking account is low today. But you know what? I know God loves me, and God said he would provide for me if I would just be faithful and continue my relationship with him. He, he's a God that, that shows up, right? Sometimes he has to be a God that shows up right on time. 
because we want him to come quicker, faster, right? Kind of the fast food mentality. Hey, God, I said it, so man, drop it. And God's like, no, hey, no, no, no. We're going to build some character in you. Ooh, you guys like getting character built? Not so much. It hurts, right? It really hurts sometimes. But see, that, that, that's kind of how the God navigates this with us sometimes. So we can have peace inside, internally, inside of us, even though the outside might have um, circumstances that are not favorable. John 14, 27 says this. This is Jesus again talking. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you, that uh, let, your heart be tr- uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus is saying, you know what, I, I'm not giving you what the world gives when it comes to peace. See, the world has its own version of what it thinks peace is, Right? And sometimes in that piece, it feels like it could be um, uh, an addiction to something. It could be something that you're just kind of drawn to all the time. It could be something that, oh, well, this will bring me peace. This will settle me a little bit. But see, Jesus doesn't, doesn't give you that kind of peace, right? What, what he does, he offers this, this, this peace, which really is a fruit of the Spirit, by the way, but he, he gives it to us in order so that we can move and navigate through this life because there will be tribulations and trials so that we're not having to lean on what the world says, right? The world will say a certain thing. It, you know what? In order to get your peace, you go this way. Probably 99.9% of the time, it's the wrong way according to God's word and according to the Holy Spirit, right? world says, you want peace? Go this way. But God's word says, no, stay right here. Stay locked into this. But, but it's so easy for me to go this way, right? It's so easy for me to just step, yeah, let's just step right in. And then what happens? You don't, maybe you get temporary peace. You get a small portion of peace but you don't really get the fullness of the peace that God has that he wants to, 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 to develop in you to where you are totally reliant on him to be able to help you in any circumstance, any situation you face. And, he, and the great thing is, is this peace that he offers is available to all of us. It's not just for certain people. You know, certain, oh, hey, you're such a great Christian. You're at this level of the ladder. So it's only for you. No, it's available for anyone. But see, the thing is, is wherever you're at, even if you're on the bottom rung of the, of the Christian ladder, you just got to turn it over to them. You just got to be able to say, hey, all right, I'm giving you this. Help, give me some peace. Help me to just be able to walk confidently that you love me and that you're going to take care of me. But it's for, for everyone. And so that we have to understand this all happens because we are in him. Okay? So whatever, whatever the world is trying to posture around you to get you to a point where, man, it's, it's trying to bring this kind of uh, anxiety, this pressure, this stress, um, making it a little more scary. You know what? You have the ability because you are in him to be able to overcome that. So that leads me to my first point. Okay? My first point is this. Jesus has overcome the world. 
Jesus has overcome the world. Again, in John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. So Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Now this world overcome means to conquer, carry off and obtain the victory over enemies. It means to gain victory or get beyond something, right? And in the grammar, the way it's used is not just a single victory, okay? It's a constant, continuous, abiding victory over all of his foes, right? So that just just means the enemy has no, no way he can win, Right? And he knows it. He knows he can't win. But he'll try and do everything he can to mess it all up. He'll try to do everything he can to get you and me to jump on his ladder or jump on his, his road, his pathway, in order for us to get involved in the, 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 the culture of the world, to live according to the culture, to be, oh, this is how I find peace, which is totally wrong. But see, what Jesus has said, you know what? If you would stick with me, we will overcome. I will overcome. I've already overcome. Therefore, if you stick with me, then guess what? You're going to overcome. Yeah, you'll face tribulations. You'll trace, face trials. You'll face all of these things that can look really, really scary and cause anxiety. But you know what? Because I'm with you and you are with me, man, we can, we can overcome the world. We can overcome those things. So again, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I am still overcoming the world. I will always be overcoming the world. I'm in a a position over the world. There is nothing at all that can overcome who I am as the Savior of the world. So he's overcoming. So that should encourage us, right? Remember that? Uh, passage of scripture, John 16, says, be courageous. So I, I, today I want to encourage you, be courageous. You don't have to fall into the trap of anxiety and fear and scariness and all this stuff or whatever, but be courageous to say, you know what? I, I am connected to God. I am connected to Jesus. And I, I can overcome in every one of these situations because he has. But we'll talk about that in, in just a minute. But where we're at right now, we have to understand that what Jesus did on the cross was more than just paying for our sins and reconciling us to him. What he did on the cross was to, to totally secure complete victory over the enemy and over everything that, that could be in our lives as well. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Colossians 2.15 says this. In this way, this is Jesus, In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Okay? So not only was it just to get our sins forgiven, that we could be redeemed back to our relationship with God, but it was also the fact that, you know what? He's overcome them. There's victory that is had. And then in Hebrews chapter 2, it says, For only a human being could he die? I'm sorry. For only as a human being could he die, And only by 
dying could he break the power of the devil? Who had the death, who had the power of death? Meaning that, you know what, the devil had the power of death, but he broke that. It says, verse 15, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Right? So often I, you, I talk to people and they're, they're afraid to die. And, and, and the question is sometimes for me is, well, why? If they're a believer, why are you afraid to die? That's like actually like graduation, right? That's like going to high school, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're going to graduate? Yeah, but I don't want to. I want to stay, you know, with, you know, I, I had this one high school teacher named Mr. Silverstein. No, I want to stay in Mr. Silverstein's class. Oh, I just want to stay there all the time. Just want to make sure. No, if you graduate, then you know what? You, you're going to greater things. And, when we, and if we hold on to the fact, oh, I just don't want to die. Oh, but man, you know what? You'll be walking, stepping into glory. You'll be stepping into a whole new life. Brand new body. I can't wait. Why? I'm expecting it'll be a little more buffer in heaven. Probably not, but you know what I mean. I'm just expecting greater things. Than what, than what I experience here. But see, we have to understand that Jesus, 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 he lived a life that we couldn't live free from sin. He died a death that we actually deserved. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised to life. And he defeated the enemy decisively. It wasn't just by a margin wasn't just by a point. It wasn't by a last second three, you know, three point shot. It was a decisive victory. There was no like, oh wow, man, he just, man, Jesus just pulled it out. Oh my gosh, did you see that? It was a buzzer beater. No, it was like, man, we destroyed you. I don't know if there's any NFL fans kind of like you know, what the Miami Dolphins did to the Denver Broncos last week. Just destroyed them. See, that's how Jesus destroyed the enemy. Even putting him underneath his feet. And you might think, well, okay, that's awesome. So why then are we not seeing it right now? If Jesus did that, why, why not? Why, why aren't we seeing it right now? Well, so much of, the, of, of God's kingdom is already, but still not yet. And what I mean by that is it's settled by the way that Jesus lived on this earth and the words that he spoke, right? Kind of unveiling the kingdom to us through his word. Yet, it's still not yet because his kingdom hasn't been consummated on earth yet. But guess what? That's all by his choice. Why? Because he wants every person to be saved, right? It says nobody knows the day or the hour when he's going to come back. But it's because God has said, not yet. Not yet. But at the same time, we know how to live. We, we live according to how God's word has said, has, has planned it out for us. So how does that help us a little bit? Just, just to give you this idea. Number two. Mentioned it a little bit already. Jesus has brought us near and placed us in himself. Jesus has brought us near and placed us in himself. Ephesians 2.13 says this. 
But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Again, Jesus did not gain the victory for just himself, but he rather he gained the victory for you and I. So that we could be saved, that we could be joined together with him through his decisive victory. See, I think sometimes we don't think Jesus got the decisive victory. So we live in a way that goes, well, maybe, I don't know. But see, Jesus has gotten the decisive victory and because of our relationship with him. See, our relationship and our proximity to him has changed all because of Jesus. The scripture says you were once far off, right? You didn't live for him. You live for yourself. You live for however the world wants you to live. But see, when you, when you come and you ask Jesus to be your Savior, then what that does is it brings you into close proximity to Him. And now that work that He's going to begin to do in you causes you to begin to live a life of victory. But it's us understanding that we have been brought near as, as opposed to being far. And all of that is not because of your works or any, that you're just a good person. It's because of the grace of God. God's grace is the one that allows us to be able to come to him, right? Because really, we all deserve the punishment, yet he doesn't see it that way. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, I'm just going to summarize this real quick. Basically, what it means is that God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus, through Christ, and through that finished work of Jesus, he has made us righteous before God because of Jesus, right? And we are now, because now we are, it says we are now his ambassadors and his representatives, right? You become an ambassador and a representative because you are in something, right? I, I, can't, walk, I can't walk into some place and say, I, I am an ambassador of Zimbabwe, right? People just laugh at me. Like, what? What are you talking? No way, you're not that. Because I don't have any relation to Zimbabwe. I'm not in that country. But see, Scripture tells me that I am an ambassador, I am a representative because I am in Christ. So that means that you are an ambassador, you are a representative of the kingdom of God because you are in Christ. So basically, Paul's just trying to say, hey guys, I initiated this reconciliation with you through Jesus, that God did, right? And then Jesus, by giving his life, by sacrificing himself so that a spiritual transaction could take place between him and between you. that then has brought you into what we call a covenant relationship with him. Right? When you're in covenant relationship with him, that means you have been brought near to him. Now, the thing about covenant relationship is the fact that it's this. God then says, I will give you all that I have, but you need to give me all that you have. That's the hard part for us sometimes. 
I don't want to give you that. I don't, I don't want to. See, sometimes we have a lot of the, the wants, right? We got want disease. I don't want to give you that. I don't want to turn my life over to you on that. But see, he, he wants us to understand that, you know what? This relationship, this walk with him is us simply just giving over our wants to his wants and his desires to be able then to be in him so that when we are, are faced with trials and, and circumstances and all this tribulation stuff, we can then just know that, you know what? I don't have to be afraid of it because God's with me. I'm in him. Everything I got is in him. Uh, Psalms 91, okay, is a great example, and you're going to have to read the whole thing later on. But I want to give you just some scriptures that just kind of, be, kind of talk about what, we're, what the point is. It says this, okay? It says in uh, verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Did you catch that? If you dwell with God, if you have secret, uh, secret place time or whatever, if you are connected to God, then you know what? You have the ability to abide under the, the, the shadow of the Almighty, right? Usually you catch a person's shadow when you're close to them, right? Yeah. So he says that. He says also in verse 4, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Wow. I don't know about you, but man, it, in order to, for me to, to be under the wing of a bird, i got to be close to the bird, right? This is not like far away. It's like, no, man, I, I'm, I'm right under the bird. Same principle. i got to stay close. i got to stay connected to who God is. And then he says in uh, 14 and 16, because he has set his love upon me, therefore, now this is God talking, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. What's he going to deliver him from? The cares of this world, the things that he's experiencing, the tribulations and all that. Verse 15 says, and he shall call upon me and I will what? Answer him. That means, you know, you got to be in proximity to him. Right? If, if I were to leave right now, and if I were to go, let's just say, all the way up to Fort Mill and, and, and start talking, would you hear me if you stayed right here? No. Right? I'd be going, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing. But because you're in proximity to me, what? You can hear me. Same principle. If you're in proximity to Jesus, if you're in proximity to God, he will hear you. Because you're making an effort to be in that proximity. He said, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show my salvation. So under his shadow, covered with his feathers, taking refuge under his wings, and his, and his promise of being with us in trouble. All speak of God being near to us. And, and, and what's great, that's Old Testament. But New Testament means, man, you are, are even closer because of what Jesus has done for us. And let me get to my last point here, right? The last point is, because Jesus has overcome, I can overcome. Mentioned it a little bit already, 
But again, he says in, in, in John 16, I'm kind of driving this, this scripture home. Man, it'd be a great scripture to memorize and meditate on. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have over come the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. So since Jesus has overcome and has gained continuous victory over every scary, every daunting, every single thing within, within this world system today, right? And we are near and in him by what he has done for us. That means then emphatically that we are overcomers too. See, what we need to be, begin to do is look at each other and recognize you're an overcomer. Even if I'm ca- talking with you, right? And you're, man, struggling or, man, it's, maybe it's tough. It's rough right now. But see, I need to be able to say, yeah, but you're an overcomer because you have Christ in your life. And we've got to begin to, to kind of realize that and be able to under, under, understand that, you know? Paul says this kind of in Romans, right? And he, sh- he kind of shares with us in Romans, the kind of this great length about how God took, took to save us from the wrath, from his wrath, and equip us for victory. But then he goes in, in verse chapter, um, chapter number 8. He kind of solidifies all that by saying that God is for us. He's not against us. And if we're in him, then this is, this is what he promises, or what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39. It says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or uh, distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now, I I, I put it in in my, my Bible parentheses. That's all the world stuff, right? Think about it. That's, that's world stuff. And so often we let the world stuff separate us from him. But it says, hey, not even that can separate if you stay connected, right? But then in verse 36, it says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But then verse 7, 37 is the key. He said, yet in all these things, what are all these things? The world stuff, all the, the, the things that are going on, right? Pandemics, economic woes, all this weird stuff, and I won't go into what the weird stuff is, but I think you get the hint that is in our news and in our society today and it is going around, right? It's that yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, did you catch it? Doesn't matter what's thrown your way. Doesn't matter what we're facing. If you stay connected to him and you know you're in him and you do not give up on him, he tells you, you are more than a conqueror. Through him who, what? Loved us. See, it's all based on his love. But see, we've got to reciprocate that love. Now, the phrase more than conquerors, and we're wrapping up, I promise, but it's a compound word. And the more than literally means over, above, and beyond. It carries the idea of superiority, something that is top-notch, 
greater, more than a more than a match for or unequaled, unrivaled by any person or thing. Okay, so if you're more than that, are you understanding? There is some victory here. There, there are some things here. Then when you add conqueror to it, again, that's the same word for overcomer. Which describes, again, a conqueror, a champion, and a victor. So Paul makes his point even stronger because when these two words come together, he declares that in Jesus Christ, listen, you are an overcoming conqueror, a paramount victor, or an, an enormous overcomer, a force to be reckoned with in this life and in this world. Yet we don't see ourselves that way. You are a force to be reckoned with. Why? Not, not because of who you are. All of us have shortcomings. All of us have messed up. All of us have done these things. But because of who Christ is in us, we have to realize, you know what? We can be an overcomer in every area of our life, whatever that is. Whatever circumstance, whatever thing that we face, we can be an overcomer. So you got to settle that in your mind. Hey, I don't have to be scared about all the stuff that's going on in the world, all these things that are happening. No, you know what? Actually, I, what I need to settle in my mind is I am an overcoming, conquering force to be reckoned with. That's called the church waking up. When we begin to understand that. Because you know what? Sometimes the church is just too kind of sleepy. And I think in these days that we're encountering right now, the Lord is trying to wake us up. He's trying to say, church, arise, wake up, be the conquering force that I've called you to be. You don't have to let the world win. You don't have to let their views win. You don't have to let all this influence win. You can be a force. But see, we've got to understand we have overcome because of Christ has overcome. Right? 1 John 5, 5 says this, who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes in Jesus, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That, that's just solidified in your heart right now. That you're an overcomer. If you believe that Jesus, right? If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, died for you, and you are a born-again believer, then you know what? You overcome the world. So let's wake up. Let's be stirred. Let's say, man, I, because of who Christ is in me, I can be an overcomer. I can overcome, be a conquering force, and, and man, I can just, you know, face any situation and trial with joy in my heart because I know that he's overcome in which he made me overcome. Therefore, even though things don't look great yet or have, have developed yet, I'm still an overcomer. I'm still an overcomer. So that's why, man, the world doesn't have to be scary to us. That's why we don't have to, like, feel the anxiety of it. Sometimes it's just going back to the book and saying, hey, what does the book say? The book says this. Okay, then I'm going with that. Because this is 100% more sure or more absolute truth than anything you will find on CNN or from your best friend if they're not walking with Jesus. 
So how do you, how do you do that? How do you just start off to the fact of, hey, you know what? I, 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 I don't want the world to be scary to me. The first thing is you got to cast your care on him. Cast your care on him, right? Bible says, cast your care on him for he cares for you. Give it to him. Lord, man, this is a situation. I, I'm starting to feel a little bit of anxiety. I'm starting to feel a little bit of the pressure and all of that. Okay, then you know what? You got to cast it over to him. You say, Lord, I give this to you. Yeah, I understand that there still will be some things that I'll try to get here, but you know what? Because I'm connected to you, I'm, I'm just going to cast. I'm going to give you my care. It doesn't mean you deny your care. I mean, your, your situation. But what it means is I'm just going to keep giving it, giving it to him, not take it back. Because oftentimes what we do is we take it back. We give it to him and then we say, uh, I'll have that back, please. Because it makes me feel comfortable to say that I keep going through this or whatever that is. And then the last thing is, is just pray, right? Pray for all things all the time. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And so we've got to pray more. Can I get an amen? We've got to pray more, right? Pray about everything, not worry about anything. If you, you start getting worried about something, I want you to stop and pray. And say, Lord, I give this to you. I cast my care upon you. I'm going to allow you to do a work within me to bring me peace. That scripture goes on to say, pray about everything. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. I love that scripture. When I don't understand things, and let me just tell you, there are a lot of things I don't understand. I know that I can have peace because you know what? He understands it. He gives me the answers. He's the one that leads me beside the still waters. He's the one that'll take me right through the valley up into the mountains, into the hills to be at the hilltop and go, man, God's so good. But see, we have to understand that, that you know what? He, 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 it, it surpasses our understanding. It just does. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will what? Direct your path. But then there's this little tiny scripture in verse 7 that says, do not be wise in your own eyes. There it is. Right? You're like, how do I give it to him? Well, stop being wise in your own eyes and trying to handle it yourself. Give it to him. But then it says this peace will also guard your heart and your mind because you're in Christ. You're in Christ. So church, man, this world does not have to be scary because we are in him. He's overcome the world and he has therefore made us an overcomer. That's something to be, walk out of here happy about, victorious about, knowing that, you know what? Man, if I continue to keep on with him, he's going to continue to keep me from feeling overwhelmed, scared, freaked out, whatever it is that you might feel when you, when you encounter trials and tribulations. Because he's so good. He loves you, but he's overcome it. And so have you. You can overcome it. Just stay connected to him. Bow your heads for me for a minute. Lord, we love you so much today pray that this would be an encouraging word to all of us. That, Lord, you really have overcome everything. You didn't just beat the enemy by one point or a last second shot. 
at the buzzer. No, you beat him decisively. And I pray that, would, that, that, that revelation would explode within our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, in our souls. That Lord, because you overcome, you defeated him in all of this, right? Even The Bible says that he's even the ruler of this age. You've defeated that. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us then would have a heart, would, would understand that, man, I need to draw closer. I need, I'm already in him, but I need to keep moving closer to him so that I can rest under the shadow of the Almighty, that I can be hidden underneath his wings during all of this other stuff that's going on. And then I thank you, Lord, that we would have a heart to understand that we are overcomers because of who Christ is in us. Therefore, when a foe comes against us because of our dad, because of our brother, because of the Holy Spirit, we're a a force not to be reckoned with. Help us to wake up. Help us to arise from that and be able to say, no, 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 as as a believer, I'm, I'm taking a stance on what Jesus said. Because I believe in him, therefore I am an overcomer. And so I just thank you for you for doing that in our hearts today. I thank you for doing that in our hearts in this coming week. Let, 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 let the words that were spoken, Holy Spirit, you speak everyone's language. Speak to them throughout this week about them being overcomers in every area because of who you are. And I thank you for, for all that you're going to do this week in our lives. Lord, meet every need that is needed. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.